Welcome to Chapter 2 of Health System CIO's interview with Tom Barnett, CIO at University of Rochester Medical Center. In this segment, Barnett talks about why he made sure a listening tour was one of his first priorities as the new CIO, how the organization's four advisory councils work both individually and cohesively to drive decision-making, and how the right governance structure can ensure IT projects don't sneak in under the radar. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. Those are three pretty big priorities. Um, I'm sure that there wasn't an expectation for things to happen right away, but what was kind of the mindset that you took coming in as far as kind of breaking this down and looking at, at how to approach these different priorities? Well, from the most recent health system perspective, I, I was extremely fortunate to work for North Shore University Health System in Chicago prior to this. And then just before that, it was with Henry Ford Health System in Detroit. So Henry Ford, from a size perspective, is very comparable to the University of Rochester Medical Center. So I knew a lot of the processes and a lot of how an organization of that size optimally operated. So a lot of what happened when I first arrived here was, first and foremost, you go out on a listening tour. And that's from two perspectives. Uh, listening to my customers, so any meeting that would have me, I was happy to uh, to do an introduction to. I sat down and met with absolutely every department chair in order to determine on behalf of the IT division what was working well, what could stand to be, um, to be improved or, or was not meeting their needs per se, and as well as the internal IT team. So over the first year that I was here, we divided absolutely everybody in the division, randomly picked. The only rule was you couldn't be from the same team. I randomly picked with my assistant groups of IT employees in groups of eight, and then I would sit down and meet with that group in order to explain kind of what my thoughts and, and overall vision would be for the division, but most importantly to hear kind of the old classic, you know, what should we start, what should we stop, what should we continue doing, you know, yeah. as a as a department. And those conversations were great. So hearing from my customers, hearing from operational leadership team, what their expectations were and what they were looking for, as well as meeting absolutely everybody in a, in a 500-person division, hmm. it helped formulate because it's real easy to come in from the outside and say, I know exactly what needs to be done. Here is the prescription for success. Boom, boom, right. boom, boom. But every organization is different, right? So. Uh, I think getting that that perspective, and and we are very fortunate here to have uh, some longer tenure IT folks here who've kind of been with us a while and have really seen some great things that worked and really help add to uh, the the really strong culture here. So I was able to take all of those different feedback points and um, perspectives and now kind of sit down and meld that through, okay, where do I think the organization needs to be? Where does the operations need to be, what are the current challenges going on, and then we were able to put a roadmap together that would kind of support what the CEO is looking for, support organizationally what we needed to do, 
as well as drive that change, especially chartering the, the new uh, governance structure that we put into place. Right. And as far as that, the governance structure, how did you, you go about doing that? Because I'm sure that that's something that can meet some resistance, maybe at first. Anytime you change something, it, it can be resistance, uh, and it's not mm-hmm. widespread. It's just what was wrong with the old way we did things. So a lot of it is an awareness and a communication, kind of a tour, again, to get that message out there. But what we did is we put in place a governance structure focused around, it's a lot like, I assume, what the original 13 colonies for the U.S. went through, is they were kind of storming right. between what's my state responsibility and what, what do you mean a federal government? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so we created four different primary boards. We have what we call our clinical advisory council. We have a provider advisory council. We have a revenue cycle advisory council and an analytics and data advisory council. So from that four perspectives, my clinical advisory council is chaired by two C-level executives from operations, and it oversees our hospital operations. So if we're looking to implement something within the Epic clinical space, that group, as well as all of its representative membership of all the hospitals, that's where those priorities get weighed. The clinical impact, is this something we should be doing that drives length of stay? Are we looking at readmission rates? What are the different options that are out there? And there's a great dialogue that occurs within that group. The Provider Advisory Council, it was originally put together to work almost exclusively with the the optimization team, the new optimization team that we built. So we are also extremely fortunate here that we have about 24 certified physician builders from EPIC, physicians that have gone out and become certified in the EPIC build, and they are from all the different physician groups. We have almost everybody covered. They are all members of the Provider Advisory Council, so that became a great group. It's chaired by our Chief Medical Information Officer, as well as the Chief Operating Officer of the entire medical group. And they focus on hearing from providers what work, what doesn't, how do we make your experience better at the end of the day. And that optimization team only works with this provider advisory council. And that works really well. Our goal is to morph that over time, that that will become the group that it deals with our broader ambulatory network, okay. either system choices, integration, standardized workflows, standardized content. A lot of things like that would be handled there. The Revenue Cycle Advisory Committee, or RAC, they all have an acronym, obviously with mm-hmm. the AC in the name, is chaired by the CFO of Strong Memorial Hospital and the CFO of our medical group as well. And that's where we keep focused on, okay, are we working on the right priorities? What new functionality is either available from Epic or will soon be available from Epic? How are our metrics looking? How are throughput? How do work cues look from terms of um, throughput and so forth? We're getting very metric-driven on that perspective, and having a representative body from a revenue cycle perspective works really well. The last group, ADAC, Analytics and Data Advisory Council, as we start to roll out this and, in effect, build out some of the, uh, the caboodle functionality from within Epic, we just needed a group that represented kind of our biggest constituencies, which would be operations, because there are operational reports. We have strategic reports that are necessary, as well as making sure we have input from the research community. What is the proper order and what kind of use cases, from a reporting perspective, really need to be driven by the build that we do next? 
So we make mm-hmm. sure that we have operational and, and research buy-in to that, and um, the team works uh, from those prioritizations appropriately. Okay. Inevitably, there's going to be contentions, not the right word, just there'll be differing of opinions between a provider advisory council and maybe a revenue cycle. So we do make sure we have a harmonizing layer over the top that cross-communicates kind of what's going on within each of those advisory councils, as well as we make sure that we cross-pollinate membership of those governance boards onto at least one other board. So, for example, the Provider Advisory Council has two or three members that attend the Revenue Cycle Committee. They also have a few different members who attend the hospital or the clinical advisory council and vice versa so that we make sure that if there's something that impacts, and this is not a real-world example, this is just hypothetical, but if there's a revenue cycle change that's going in that may add potentially nine extra clicks to the workflow of a provider, we want to make sure that we're facilitating that dialogue so that operations is totally on the same page with why something's being done and everybody has input and in how it's implemented. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense, and I was going to ask you about that because I can see that having these advisory councils can be very empowering for those groups, but it's so important to make sure that you do have that layer over the top to make sure that um, everyone's being looked out for and it's all for the good of the organization. Absolutely, as well as doing periodic touch points back to kind of the overall five-year IT strategic plan. Make sure that with some of those choices or, or, you know, protecting capacity within the IT team to make sure that we're dealing with the today issues and the today opportunities, uh, as well as make sure that we don't take our eye off the ball, rather, of working toward the five-year strategic vision. Right. I can imagine that is a tough thing to be able to do sometimes when there are so many different priorities of different scales and Do you find that to be a challenge at all as far as you have these different objectives that are in different phases and keeping that all together? Uh, I think the challenge part of it would just, I think the way we're addressing it, it's just through transparency and communication. So Mm -hmm. any initiative or or any project by itself is absolutely, it, it sounds fantastic and it's a fantastic idea. We don't have unlimited resources, so given the limited resources, we within IT are absolutely enthusiastic and happy to support any of those initiatives, but we need to kind of vet those through those governance advisory councils just to make sure is it hitting on all the different or enough of the criteria that those groups uh, deem as important. And if we get the, uh, the blessing, if you will, from the appropriate groups, yeah, we can move it forward. But I'd say the key is, is definitely communication. In an organization this size, it's so easy for projects or initiatives or efforts or even new functionality from our vendor to come out that we've got to make sure that our operational counterparts understand what that is, the value of it, and most importantly, the timing. Right. And you mentioned project management before, and I would think that that really having that experience plays into your your strategy quite a bit in this role and and having those principles. Oh, absolutely. We uh, we get no less than daily project requests that come in. So each one of those advisory councils kind of has a smaller work group that will help us triage along with our mm-hmm. CMIO, our chief nursing information officers to help us triage these requests so that we can quickly ascertain, you know, which ones, yes, this is one that my advisory committee should really have on their radar. You know, maybe this is a few-year-out initiative, 
or which ones. You know what? There are ways that other departments have solved the problem they're trying to solve with this project. Let me take this and go speak to my colleagues on behalf of you, IT. It's kind of that insight into the pipeline. My favorite phrase that I use, it's, there's no healthcare event without an IT response. And right. if you think about that, IT doesn't get introduced into the environment or released into the wild on its own. It's always tied to a, an operational workflow or requirement, and it's, it's making sure, well, it's no different than the optimization team. The technology supports the workflow. It doesn't drive it. So we want to make sure we're kind of having those proper conversations from a workflow and an operations perspective before we can bring technology to bear. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.